Okay. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our daily reading conference call on A Course in Miracles, Original Edition. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles, Original Edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, where if you mouse over the link at top for online edition, you will see the link to read ACIMOE. On that same drop-down menu, there is a link to subscribe to an excellent daily email containing both the workbook lesson and the text reading for the day. My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday, from about 9.15 to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Today we're starting a new chapter, Chapter 10, God and the Ego, with Sections 1 and 2, Introduction and Projection versus Extension. And we'll pause today at the top and the bottom of the hour or thereabouts for remembering our pair of lessons for the day, which is lesson 115. Salvation is my only function here, and lesson 100. My part is essential to God's plan for salvation. That's a little bit of fun. Can I ask you, uh, Lori, do you have one of your excellent poetic opening for the call this morning? Oh, I do, Lemoyne. And today I'd love to bring this quote from Choose Only Love, Let Yourself Be Loved, a work channeled by Sebastian Blakesley. Small quote. You are not where you are by chance. Nothing is an accident. You are in this time because you chose to be in it in perfect harmony with the will of God. This is because what you are has the power and potential to contribute to the plan of atonement in a unique and particular way. Amen. Thank you, Lori. That was lovely. Love those books. Amen. Thank you. Such a gift. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Lori. Um, So let me go through the reading list this morning. With us in reading, I have Lori Harrison... 
sorry, Lori Harrison, Robin Marie, Karen, Lana, Donna, and Jessica. With this and listening, I have Kristen, and I think Sandra. It's actually dropped off, but Sandra is here. Um, is there anyone who's joined the call who would like to just say good morning and join the reading list or just listen? Let us know you're listening. Anyone who would, who's just joined who would like to say good morning? Good morning. This is Ida. I'm listening. Thank you, Ida. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll get us started then at the top of Chapter 10. God and the ego. Um, Section one, introduction. Either God or the ego is insane. If you will examine the evidence on both sides fairly, you will realize that this must be true. Neither God nor the ego proposes a partial thought system. Each is internally consistent, but they are diametrically opposed in all respects so that partial allegiance is impossible. Remember, too, that their results are as different as their foundations, and their fundamentally irreconcilable natures cannot be reconciled by your vacillation. Nothing alive is fatherless, for life is creation. Therefore, your decision is always an answer to the question, who is my father? And you will be faithful to the father you choose. And Laurie. Okay, chapter 10. God and the Ego, Introduction. Either God or the Ego is insane. If you will examine the evidence on both sides fairly, you will realize that this must be true. Neither God nor the Ego proposes a partial thought system. Each is internally consistent, but they are diametrically opposed in all respects, so that partial allegiance is impossible. Remember, too, that their results are as different as their foundations, and their fundamentally irreconcilable natures cannot be reconciled by your vacillations. Nothing alive is fatherless, for life is creation. Therefore, your decision is always an answer to the question, quote, who is my father, end quote and you will be faithful to the father you choose. Two, yet what would you say to someone who really believes this question involves conflict? If you made the ego, how can the ego have made you? The authority problem 
remains the only source of perceived conflict because the ego was made out of the wish of God's Son to Father capital him. The ego then is nothing more than a delusional system in which you made your own father. Make no mistake about this. It sounds insane when it is stated with perfect honesty, but the ego never looks upon what it does with perfect honesty. Yet, that is its insane premise, which is carefully hidden in the dark cornerstone of its thought system. And either the ego, which you made, is your father, or its whole thought system will not stand. Thank you, Lori. And Harrison, did you read two and then section title and carry into section two? Yep. Yep. What would you say to someone who really believed this question involves conflict? Back up to the paragraph, previous paragraph, who is my father? Yet, what would you say to someone who really believed this question involves conflict? If you made the ego, how can the ego have made you? <laughs> the authority problem demands its only source of perceived conflict because the ego was made out of the wish of God's Son to father him, capital A, him. The ego, then, is nothing more than a delusional system in which you made your own father. Hmm. Make no mistake about this. It sounds insane when it is stated with perfect honesty, but the ego never looks upon what it does with perfect honesty. Yet, that is its insane premise, which is carefully hidden in in the dark cornerstone of its thought system. And either the ego, which you made, is your father, or its whole thought system will not stand. Section 2. Projection versus extension. You have made, you have made by projection, but God has created by extension. 
the cornerstone of the of God's creation is you. For his thought system is light. Remember the ways that are unseen. The more you approach the center of his thought system, the clearer the light becomes. The closer you come to the foundation of the ego's thought system, the darker and more obscure becomes the way. Yet even the little spark in your mind is enough to lighten it. Bring this light fearlessly with you and hold it up to the, to the foundation of the ego's thought system bravely. Be willing to judge it with perfect honesty. Open the dark cornerstone of terror on which it rests and bring it out into the light. There you will see that it rests on meaninglessness and that everything of which you have been afraid was based on nothing. Thank you, Harrison. And Robin Marie. Chapter 10, God and the Ego. 2, Projection versus Extension. Paragraph 3, you, ha you have made by projection, but God has created by extension. The cornerstone of God's creation is you, for his thought system is light. Remember the rays that are there unseen. The more you approach the center of his thought system, the clearer the light becomes. The closer you come to the foundation of the ego's thought system, the darker and more obscure becomes the way. Yet even the little spark in your mind is enough to lighten it. Bring this light fearlessly with you and hold it up to the foundation of the ego's thought system bravely. Be willing to judge it with perfect honesty. Open the dark cornerstone of terror on which it rests, and bring it out into the light. There you will see that it rests on meaninglessness, and that everything of which you have been afraid was based on nothing. Four, my brother, you are part of God and part of me. When you have at last looked at the ego's foundation without shrinking, you will also have looked upon ours. I come to you from our Father to offer you everything again, 
Do not refuse it in order to keep a dark cornerstone hidden, for its protection will not save you. I give you the lamp, and I will go with you. You will not take this journey alone. I will lead you to your true Father, who has need of you as I have. Will you not answer the call of love with joy? Thank you, Robin Marie. And Karen? Four. My brother, you are part of God and part of me. When you have at last looked at the ego's foundation without shrinking, you will also have looked upon ours. I come to you from our Father to offer you everything again. Do not refuse it in order to keep the dark cornerstone hidden, for its protection will not save you. I give you the lamp, and I will go with you. You will not take this journey alone. I will lead you to your true Father, who hath need of you as I have. Will you not answer the call of love with joy? Five, you have learned your need of healing. Would you bring anything else to the sonship, recognizing your need of healing for yourself? For in this lies the beginning of knowledge, the foundation on which God will help you build again the thought system which you share with him. Not one stone you place upon it, but will be blessed by him. For you will be restoring the holy dwelling place of his son, where he wills his son to be and where he is. In whatever part of the mind of God's son you restore this reality, you restore it to yourself. For you dwell in the mind of God with your brother, for God himself did not will to be alone. Thank you, Karen and Lana. Thank you, Lemoyne. Five, you have learned your need of healing. Would you bring anything else to the sonship, recognizing your need of healing for yourself? For in this lies the beginning of knowledge, the foundation on which God will help you build again the thought system which you share with them. Not one stone you place upon it but will be blessed by him, for you will be restoring the holy dwelling place of his son where he wills his son to be and where he is. In whatever part of the mind of God's son you restore this reality, you restore it to yourself, for you dwell in the mind of God with your brother, for God himself did not will to be alone. Six, to be alone is to be separated from infinity, but how can this be if infinity has no end? No one can be beyond the limitless because 
What has no limits must be everywhere. There are no beginnings and endings in God, whose universe is himself. Can you exclude yourself from the universe or from God, who is the universe? I and my Father are one with you, for you are part of us. Do you really believe that that part of God can be missing or lost to him? Thank you, Lana. And Donna. Six. To be alone is to be separated from infinity. But how can this be if infinity has no end? No one can be beyond the limitless beyond the limitless because what has no limits must be everywhere. There are no beginnings and no endings in God whose universe is himself. Can you exclude yourself from the universe or from God, who is the universe? I and my Father are one with you, for you are part of us. Do you really believe that part of God can be missing or lost to him? 7. If you were not part of God, his will would not be unified. Is this conceivable? Can part of his mind contain nothing? If your place in his mind cannot be filled by anyone except you, and your filling it was your creation, without you there would be an empty place in God's mind. Extension cannot be blocked, and it has no voids. It continues forever. However, much however much it is denied. Your denial of its reality uh, rests it, it your denial of its reality arrests it in time, but not in eternity. That is why your creations have not ceased to be extended and why so much is waiting for your return. Thank you, Donna. And Jessica. Thanks, someone. Seven. If you were not part of God, his will would not be unified. Is this conceivable? Can part of his mind contain nothing? If your place in his mind cannot be filled by anyone except you, and your filling it was your creation, without you there would be an empty place in God's mind. Extension cannot be blocked, and it has no void. It continues forever, however much it is denied. Your denial of its reality arrests it in time, but not in eternity. That is why your creations have not ceased to be extended and why so much is waiting for your return. Eight, waiting is possible only in time, but time 
has no meaning. You who made delay can leave time behind simply by recognizing that neither beginnings nor endings were created by the Eternal, who placed no limits on his creation, nor upon those who create like him. You do not know this simply because you have tried to limit what he created, and so you believe that all creation is limited. How then could you know your creations, having denied infinity? The laws of the universe do not permit contradiction. What holds for God holds for you. If you believe you are absent from God, you will believe that he is absent from you. Thank you, Jessica. And is there a new reader for eight and nine? New reader for paragraph eight and nine. Okay. Um, back to you, Lori. Eight. Waiting is possible only, but time has no meaning. You who made delay can leave time behind simply by recognizing that neither beginnings nor endings were created by the Eternal, who placed no limits on his creation, nor upon those who create like him. You do not know this simply because you have tried to limit what he created, and so you believe that all creation is limited. How then could you know your creations, having denied infinity? The laws of the universe do not permit contradiction. What holds for God holds for you. If you believe you are absent from God, you will believe that he is absent from you. Nine. Infinity is meaningless without you, and you are meaningless without God. There is no end to God and His Son, for we are the universe. God is not incomplete, and He is not childless. Because He did not will to be alone, He created a Son like Himself. Do not deny him his son, for your unwillingness to accept his fatherhood has denied you yours. See his creations as his son, for yours were created in honor of him. The universe of love does not stop because you do not see it, and your closed eyes have lost the ability to see. Look upon the glory of his creation and you will learn what God has kept for you. Thank you, Lori. And Harrison. No, infinity is meaningless without you and you 
our meetings were without God. There is no end to God and His Son, for we are the universe. God is not incomplete, and He is not childless, because He did not will to be alone. He created a son like himself. Do not deny him his son, for your unwillingness to accept his fatherhood has denied you yours. See his creations as his son, for yours were created in honor of him. The universe of love does not stop because you do not see it, and your closed eyes have not lost the ability to see. Look upon the glory of his creation, and you will learn what God has kept for you. Ten. God has given you a place in his mind which is yours forever. Yet, you could keep it only by giving it as it was given you. Should you be alone there if it was given you because God did not will to be alone, God's mind cannot be lessened. It can only be increased, and everything he creates has the function of creating. Love does not limit. And what it creates is not limited. To give without limit is God's will for you, because only this can bring you the joy, which is his, and which he wills to share with you. Your love is as boundless as his, because it is his. Thank you, Harrison and Robin Murray. Ten. God has given you a place in his mind, which is yours forever, yet you could keep it only by giving it as it was given you. Could you be alone there if it was given you because God does not will to be alone? God's mind cannot be lessened. It can only be increased. And everything he creates has the function of creating. Love does not limit. And what it creates is not limited. To give without limit is God's will for you because only this can bring you the joy which is his 
and which he wills to share with you. Your love is as boundless as his because it is his. 11. Could any part of God be without his love? And could any part of his love be contained? God is your heritage because his one gift is himself. How can you give except like him if you would know his gift to you? Give then without limit and without end to learn how much he has given you. Your ability to accept him depends on your willingness to give as he gives. Your fatherhood and your father are one. God will to create, and your will is his. It follows then that you will to create, since your will follows from his. And being an extension of his will, yours must be the same. Thank you, Robin Murray and Karen. Eleven. Could any part of God be without his love? And could any part of his love be contained? God is your heritage because his one gift is himself. How can you give except like him if you would know his gift to you? Give then without limit and without end to learn how much he has given you. Your ability to accept him depends on your willingness to give as he gives. Your fatherhood and your father are one. God will to create and your will is his. It follows then that you will to create since your will follows from his. And being an extension of his will, yours must be the same. Twelve, yet what you will, you do not know. This is not strange when you realize that to deny is to quote unquote not know. God's will is that you are his son. By denying this, you denied your own will and therefore do not know what it is. The reason you must ask what God's will is in everything is merely because it is yours. You do not know what it is, but the Holy Spirit remembers it for you. Ask him, therefore, what God's will is for you and he will tell you yours. It cannot be too often repeated that you do not know it. Remember, what the Holy Spirit tells you appears to, excuse me, whenever what the Holy Spirit tells you appears to be coercive, it is only because you do not recognize your own will. Thank you, Karen. And Lana. Thank you, Lamoy. Twelve. <clears throat> Yet what you will, you do not know. 
this is not strange when you realize that to deny is to not know, in quotes. God's will is that you are his son. By denying this, you denied your own, your own will and therefore do not know what it is. The reason you must ask what God's will is in everything is merely because it is, it is yours. You do not know what it is, but the Holy Spirit remembers it for you. Ask him, therefore, what God's will is for you, and he will tell, tell you yours. It cannot be too often repeated that you do not know it. Whenever what the Holy Spirit tells you appears to be coercive, it is only because you do not recognize your own will. 13. The projection of the ego makes it appear as if God's will is outside yourself and therefore not yours. In this interpretation, it is possible for God's will and yours to conflict. God then may seem to demand of you what you do not want to give and thus deprive you of what you want. Would God who wants only your will be capable of this? Your will is his life, which he has given to you. Even in time you cannot live apart from him, for sleep is not death, and what he created can sleep, but it cannot die. Immortality is his will for his son and his son's will for himself. God's son cannot will death for himself because his father is life and his son is like him. Creation is, is your will because it is his. Thank you, Mona. And Donna. Thirteen. Projection of the ego makes it appear as if God's will is outside yourself and therefore not yours. In this interpretation, it is possible for God's will and yours to conflict. God then may seem to demand of you what you do not want to give and thus deprive you of what you do want. Would God, who wants only your will, be capable of this? Your will is his life, which he has given to you. Even in time, of, in time, even in time you cannot even in time, you cannot live apart from him, for sleep is not death. What he created can sleep, but it cannot die. Immortality is his will for his son and his son's will for himself. God's son cannot will death for himself because his father is life and his son is like him. Creation is your will. Because it is his. 14. You cannot be happy 
unless you do what you will truly. And you cannot change this because it is immutable. It is immutable by God's will and yours. For otherwise, his will would have been, would not have been extended. You are afraid to know God's will because you believe it is not yours. This belief is your whole sickness and your whole fear. Every symptom of sickness and fear arises here because this is the belief that makes you want not to know. Believing this, you hid in darkness, denying that the light is in you. Thank you, Donna. And Jessica. 14. You cannot be happy unless you do what you will truly. And you cannot change this because it is immutable. It is immutable by God's will and yours. For otherwise, his will would not have been extended. You are afraid to know God's will because you believe it is not yours. This belief is your whole sickness and your whole fear. Every symptom of sickness and fear arises here because this is the belief that makes you want not to know. Believing this, you hide in darkness, denying that the light is in you. Fifteen. You are asked to trust the Holy Spirit only because he speaks for you. He is the voice for God. But never forget that God did not will to be alone. He shares his will with you. He does not thrust it upon you. Always remember that what he gives, he holds, so that nothing he gives can contradict him. You who share his life must share it to know it, for sharing is knowing. Blessed are you who learn that to hear the will of your Father is to know your own. For it is your will to be like him, whose will it is that it be so. God's will is that his Son be one, and united with him in his oneness. That is why healing is the beginning of the recognition that your will is his. Amen. Yes, thank you, Jessica. And is there a new reader for paragraph 15? New reader for 15? Yeah, I can do it. This is Sandra. Please do. Okay. 
You are asked to trust the Holy Spirit only because he speaks for you. He is the voice for God, but never forget that God did not will to be alone. He shares his will with you. He does not thrust it upon you. Always remember that what he gives he holds, so that nothing he gives can contradict him. You who share his life must share it know it, for sharing is knowing. Blessed are you who learn that to hear the will of your Father is to know your own, for it is your will to be like him, whose will it is that it be so. God's will is that his Son be one and united with him in his oneness. That is why healing is the beginning of the recognition that your will is his. Amen. Thank you, Sandra. This is is a very powerful reading. And uh, I think... Before we turn to the lesson, um, let me do this. Let me ask, is there anyone else who would like to read paragraph 15? Because I think that is good sunk. Anyone else who would like to read the concluding paragraph? I would, Lemoyne. This is Lana. All right. Thank you, Lana. Okay. This is paragraph 15. You are asked to trust the Holy Spirit only because he speaks for you. He is the voice for God. But never forget that God did not will to be alone. He shares his will with you. He does not rusted upon you. Always remember that what he gives, he holds, so that nothing he gives can contradict him, who you, I'm sorry, you who share his life must share it to know it, for sharing is knowing. Blessed are you who learn, blessed are you who learn that to hear the will of your Father is to know your own. For it is your will to be like him, whose will it is that it be so. God's will is that his Son be one and united with him in his oneness. That is why healing is the beginning of the recognition that your will is his. Gorgeous. Thank you. Thank you, Lana. And so I think now we turn to the lesson. (laughs) And uh, let me ask, is there someone here who would like to feels called and would like to 
lead us in remembering uh, Lesson 99 through Lesson 115? Okay. Uh, I can do it for morning. Okay. And, uh, yeah, Karen, we've been, you know, we've been splitting the splitting the lesson. So just the first part, whatever you feel called to bring from the review, maybe, and then just the first part of 150. Thank you. From the review, read over the ideas and comments which are written in each day's exercise. Begin to think about them while letting your mind relate them to your needs, your seeming problems, and all your concerns. Place the ideas within your mind and let it use them as it chooses. Give it faith that it will use them wisely, being helped in its decisions by the one who gave the thoughts to you. Have faith. The means the Holy Spirit uses will not fail. The wisdom of your mind will come to your assistance. Uh, Offer them to your mind. Let your learning not lie idly by between your longer practice periods. Give your daily two ideas a brief but serious review each hour. You need not give more than just a moment to each one. Repeat it and allow your mind to rest a little time in silence and in peace. Then turn to other things, but try to keep the thought with you and let it serve to help you to keep the peace throughout the day. Form the habit of applying what you learn each day to everything you do. Do not lay it, do not repeat it and then lay it down. Its usefulness is limitless to you. It is meant to serve you in all ways, all times, and places, whenever the need, whenever you need help of any kind. Each day's review assignment will conclude with a restatement of the thought to use each hour and the one to be applied to the half hour as well. Lesson 115, at the top of the hour, salvation is my only function here. My function here is to forgive the world for all the errors I have made. For thus am I released from them with all the world.
salvation is my only function here. Salvation is my only function here. Good morning, Scott. Thank you, Karen. Thanks, Karen. Thank you, Karen. Thank you, Karen. Donna, I find that paragraph two, my function here is to forgive the world for all the errors I have made. I find it very refreshing to know that every time I look out and missee, or every time I missee in my mind thinking, that that's all I have to do is say, I forgive myself and keep going. And, and let the Holy Spirit pur- purge uh, from me the, the uh, old learning so I won't need to repeat it again. And the other thing I found so clarifying today in our reading is from paragraph 14 and 15, a contrast between believe, belief, and believing, 
and know and knowing and to and to come to see belief always means changes it'll change you can believe what you want to believe but it will change sooner or later but knowing and to know is immutable and uh, I'm blessed by that I am complete Oh, that was just so lovely, Donna. Thank you. Thank you, Donna. Thank you, Donna. Thank you. Good morning, it's Lana. Um, oh, does someone else want to share? Go ahead. Excuse me. I I had just thought Karen was going to say something earlier that. I didn't want to miss. Um, I beg your pardon, Lena. Karen, did you want to say something? Uh, yeah, I will, and I will go first because I have to. I have to get going. If that's okay. Um, oh my yes. Salvation is my only function here. My function here is to forgive the world for all the errors I have made. Um, I meditated on this this morning, and and what it it said to me in my meditation was, whatever I come up against in the world, that's what I've made. Either I've projected what I don't want to face in myself on that, or it's a, a block in some shape, way, shape, or form, a block my ego mind has created. So my function is to um, heal these distortions. And the way that I do that is by meeting the world with the mind of Christ. I have to meet the world with God's love. I have to meet the world in peace. I have to meet the world with being present and really conscious in the holy instant. And I was thinking earlier, you know, that um, I have a grievance against my sister. And so when I meet her, that's like meeting the world. The world I'm meeting in that moment needs to be forgiven. Either I'm projecting on her my unlovability, you know, she doesn't love me. So I'm saying she doesn't love me, but really I don't love me. That's my projection, or I'm projecting on her because there's something else I haven't forgiven, some grievance of something she's done to me from childhood. Whatever it is, it's a falsehood, it's a distortion, it's an ego reality, it's not the truth. So when I meet her, I really have to open, like Lori was saying yesterday, she said, uh, attend, um, soften and attend. I have to soften to the presence of my sister. I have to attend to her as a being of Christ. And if there's stuff that's going to come up, like anger or fear or judgment, I have to be very present with myself to offer those things to the Holy Spirit internally by um, allowing them to come up, allowing the feelings to be present, but not giving them any story, not giving them any reality, not uh, 
investing in them with my belief and my faith. That's the thing, you know. I have It's like a very delicate dance to be present with the falsehood so that you can release it, but without giving it any power. It's like I was telling my daughter yesterday, and I'm sorry to go on so long, but um, I'll wrap it up. She was saying she had anxiety, and I said to her, um, it's okay to have anxiety. Just open up. Let it come up. Don't be afraid of it. Don't give it a story. Don't, uh, you know, try to push it back down or repress it or figure it out. It's okay. Just, oh, anxiety. Feel it. Open yourself to the feeling of it and let go of it. And I was saying to her, you know, it's like saying, I feel cold. You know, I feel cold. Big deal. I'm cold. Okay, there's sometimes that you can put a sweater on. Sometimes if you have anxiety, you can stop what you're doing because it's not the right thing to be doing in that moment. Or other times you just say, oh, to what? I'm cold. You know, you don't try to fight it. You don't repress it or resist it. And um, anyway, it's about not giving the, the world that's showing up any power over me but recognizing that on some level, if it's not loving, it's a distortion of my ego mind. And my part is essential to God's plan for salvation because I have a specific curriculum of my past ego blocks. And my past ego blocks have to be cleared by me. But the reason it's the salvation of the world is because there is power, the Course tells us, that goes out to everyone who shares that problem. And so if I do a particular piece of work on my guilt, it goes out to my daughter who has had a, a really rough history, the other daughter, and it heals her guilt. It, it's like a, a power of love goes out to the entire world when we shift from ego consciousness to the Holy Spirit mind. We're giving the power of God, God's light, power on this earth. And that's the salvation of the world. I'm complete. Thank you. Oh, so glad to hear that, Karen. Thank you. That was so beautiful. Thank you so much. I love the part about it's like being cold. That is a, such an incredible uh, power over changing our mind. If we're in the ego mind, it's like, oh, I could put a sweater on it or, oh, I could switch and think differently about this and remember a word from the Course or, you know, whatever we have to build, have been studying in our lives to build that um, connection with God stronger and stronger. But thank you so much. That was really good. Thank you. Oh, thank you both. They were just wonderful, helpful, glorious shares. This is Lana, and I wanted to um, just touch on a couple sentences from, let me get my spectacles on, uh, from paragraph 12, where Jesus is telling us that um, you do not know 
what it is referring to God's will. But the Holy Spirit remembers it for you. Ask him, therefore, what God's will is for you, and he will tell you yours. It cannot too often be repeated that you do not know it. Whenever what the Holy Spirit tells you appears to be coercive, it is only because you do not recognize your own will. <clears throat> and um, I just love that, and it reminds me so much of the teachings in A Course of Love, you know, the coming to know and the welcoming of the new. You know, and sometimes uh, you know, that can be frightening, the unknown. But um, Jesus assures us that it's anything of truth is glorious, and we will welcome it. But it takes a little courage initially. And, and I remember um, when I used to have a fear of public speaking, and when I was asked to speak, um, you know, in a gathering or a group um, or even in Zoom or even on calls, you know, I felt so unprepared. I didn't know what God's will for me was, what I should say. And um, it was really true that um, when I asked Holy Spirit, uh, I felt like a tingling inside that I could trust it. And instead of making outlines and notes and references and trying to remember all those and remember to include them in what I was talking about. It brought on such anxiety. But when I just put it all aside and just decided to show up and have Holy Spirit speak through me and give me the words, it just freed me up so amazingly um, that um, it just washed away uh, all that anxiety about you know, speaking. And another way, you know, the coming to know and the welcoming and the new is, uh, and, and knowing, coming to know God's will for me comes through my everyday practice of inquiring within. Um, I look inside and I can recognize um, what is resonating within me. And it could be as simple as what should I have for dinner tonight? <laughs> or what in this moment will bring me peace and joy and happiness? And as I look within, I can recognize it. And I can recognize what it's not, too, just by how it resonates within my heart and soul. And it might be to write or paint or read or pray or meditate or call a friend or join a group. You know, it, it's, um, you know, what should I do next? What is God's will for me? And the answer is always within. And it's never fearful, you know, the coming to know and the welcoming of the new. It, it, uh, when I depend and trust Holy Spirit um, to answer my call, you know, it's, it's just always a beautiful experience. You know, wouldn't the next thing I do is uh, if I feel an angst or anxiety, I know that's not God's will for me. God's will for me is to do what brings me peace 
because I found that a peaceful mind is a very powerful mind. It's, it's illuminating and it shines light and extends out from me. And, and I've known and I've recognized that whenever I choose God's pe- choose peace for myself, I'm choosing God's will for me. And I see it like in all my relationships. You know, if I'm at peace, that peace extends to maybe my daughter who is an upset at the moment or somebody I'm, I'm sharing with on the telephone or on Facebook or wherever uh, that communion is. My peace is so fundamental. It's, it's not a selfish thing um, to make my key inner peace a priority. Jesus tells me in the Course that the whole motivation for doing A Course in Miracles is the attainment of inner peace. And that's for a very good reason, because peace is powerful, and it's the will of God um, for me. So when I read this whole section, it just reminded me, not even to mention sharing the love of God. You know what I believe about that. <laughs> I could talk for hours about that. But anyhow, I did want to share that, because um, the coming to know and the welcoming the new and the inquiring within about God's will for me um, is not a frightening experience. It's, it's just a recognition of what will bring me peace in that moment, in any moment. So I'm complete. Thank you so much for listening. Oh, that was beautiful, Lana. And you live what you speak. So lovely. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Laurie. Thank you, Lana. Um, I I'm, thank you for letting me go first. Before I'm I'm still here, but I'm doing. Karen, did you have more to say? The, I think that interruption was Robin Marie saying goodbye and going No, on. I'm good. Thank you. Okay. Can I ask you one thing? How's Tally? Is she shedding the... Yeah, I see 10, 10 months yesterday, but as far as the, the sickness thing, yeah, she seems to have moved through that completely by now, but... Um, yeah, let's just hope she doesn't have to keep doing it again and again. Complete. Thank you for asking. Oh, I'm glad you shared that. I was thinking about her last night. Thanks. How beautiful to have a community that has. Thank you.
Lemoyne, I could volunteer for the half-hour lesson if you like. Okay, that sounds good. We don't have to wait till <laughs> we've been doing it fifteen and forty-five. We don't have to wait. So thank you, Lori. <laughs> Please um, do. The pause. The pause. Um, the pause gave me a place. It's a beautiful lesson. So on the half hour, we're reviewing the lesson. My part is essential to God's plan for salvation. I am essential to the plan of God for the salvation of the world. For he gave me his plan that I might save the world. We'll take a moment with this. My part is essential to God's plan for salvation. Amen. I'm into that. Hi, it's Yogi Chris. Just, Hi, Chris. Just, just saving as I'm hearing. This story, and uh, I love this second part. My part is essential to God's plan for salvation. Um, it contains uh, everything I need to know. Uh, my meaning. Isn't it beautiful to know that? I have a meaning in God's mind that I have a purpose and a place and that that purpose and place are as timeless as the mind of God. I, I can remember um, 
I think it was about 45 years ago. I was asleep and and uh, unconscious. And in my sleep, I heard a voice that wasn't my own call my name. And um, that feeling that I am personally named and known in the mind of God has been with me all these years and it's a beautiful thing to know that but um, it's not enough I discovered it's, it's not enough to know that I have that personal place it's not enough until I discover how I can add to it and and so um, <laughs> And so this lesson is very meaningful to me, and it's it's um, through all of these lessons, God speaks to me all through the day. Forgiveness is my function. I rest in God. I feel the love of God within me. Now every single lesson uh, makes a contribution to my awareness of. The fact that um, we are each woven into something beautiful whose uh, nature is beyond conception, but the weaving, the being part of that weaving is uh, joy and peace and love. And the reason it was not enough to know that I'd been called and to have a place was because it felt um, like something had to happen before I could know it altogether as my everyday experience it felt like something had to end before it could begin that sense of something had to end before it could begin disappears when I discover my meaning, my purpose, my place um, is to listen how God's voice speaks to me all through the day just to listen He's constantly communicating through the Holy Spirit and <laughs> just just love that quote the Holy Spirit is as loud as your willingness to listen I love that quote um, and, and I love um, going to that quiet center place where the only thing speaking is the wordless love of God because when I hold it in my awareness I discover that um, he provides the situations and the opportunities and the occasions and the circumstances in which that can be shared um, in ways that are um, in ways that are like you know when you have the last puzzle piece and you know exactly where it's going to go it's like that that he provides the opportunities and he also provides the puzzle piece and it's just for me to recognize that I have that piece and I can contribute it there and there and there and um, 
and that the communication is ongoing. The idea that something has to end before it can begin is gone. The idea of, um, oh, I have to wait for God to be with me now, or I have to wait for something to happen um, in order to realize his presence again. It's not like that anymore because my part is essential. He gives me the opportunities as well as um, the means, the pieces, that um, is just for me to put that piece in that place uh, on a moment-to-moment basis. And that sense that he's distant from me as a consequence of that has disappeared. And, um, And I credit all of it, all of that, to the way we give each other freedom to dialogue about those things that mean the most to us every day and I'm complete oh beautiful Laurie thank you thank you Laurie there's a lot of beauty pouring out of you Laurie thank you Yeah, thank you, Lori. And thank you, Chris. <laughs> He's about to thank her and did a better better job than I can. Just the simple words. Thank you, Lori. But I I just want to bring out something like you, Lori, about this the second thought for the day, my part is essential to God's plan for salvation. Is this is this is specialness. This is the specialness that exists for each of us because it's the same for each of us. That all that's really necessary to Perhaps all that's really necessary to restore peace to the world is for us to stop fighting for it <laughs> and battling it. But instead, the, as the first thought says, release. Release the errors and release the world and our brothers from judgment. And that this is The simple plan that uh, gives everyone a special place in that plan and restores us you know as 
as individuals to the whole. And uh, I just love it. I like the way the first one relates to the reading. I mean, salvation is my only function here. Sounds like, well, I don't know what that is. It just sounds like an impossible task. And, and uh, But again, it's not coercion or it's not thrust upon us. It's asking us to release our judgment and our fear. And the way we try to weave those two together into a description of the world that is <clears throat> merely false perception. I'm complete. That was beautiful, Lemoyer. Yes, it sure was, Lemoyer. Thank you. Thank you, Lemoyer. Hi, Karen again. Um, I just wanted to share a few thoughts about the reading. The one thing I loved is, I love this line, whenever what the Holy Spirit tells you appears to be coercive, it is only because you do not recognize your own will. I, I think that's just very, very profound because I know that um, there are many times that it feels like I don't want to do what I think God wants me to do. And then there are other times when I've done the things I didn't want to do and they turned out better than I could possibly imagine. 
And the times that I was really tuned in and I was on autopilot and I was doing what God wanted me to do, I was just in the flow. But it's still, you know, the the ego still is there in the way sometimes now. So um, God's will is my will. Thank you. I'm complete. Oh, thanks for that, Karen. Oh, yes. Thank you, Karen. This is Glenn. I really love what you shared, Karen, because um, that does bring in confusion (laughs) when I feel that... um, my will is different from God's will. Um, and But I've learned over the years that um, to recognize this, anything that um, brings disharmony to me, any anything that doesn't sing to my heart or, or bring me peace can't be the will of God because that's how I recognize it. I'm sorry, I'm outside. I'm sorry for the noise. Um, So when the question comes up, you know, what should I do? You know, I remember asking Jesus once that, what should I do? And he says, he said, "Um, you're asking the wrong question. It's what God's going to do. And I think um, as long as we follow at least for me, that's been my experience, as long as I follow the guidance of that, of what brings me peace, I can't make a wrong decision because I'm I'm in harmony with myself. And um, if I'm in harmony with myself, I'm in harmony with God. Uh, so if there's something I feel I should do, but... I feel conflicted. Usually I just pause and ask God, what is the truth of this? And then just sit in silence for a while and commune with God and Holy Spirit. And, you know, I can't remember any time where I wasn't shown my error in thinking and healed. And then um, there came a certainty and a clarity and a peace which I recognized as the will of God. And um, and it doesn't mean that... I mean, I remember <laughs> one time sitting outside the IRS uh, building, you know, and I had a meeting about you know, money I owed, and, and I knew I had to walk through that door, you know, and, and, that, did, you know, and that frightened me. And, and I can be in fear and still walk through that door, but I don't walk through alone. I walk through it with Holy Spirit. He, in fact, he told me just beyond my greatest fear is the peace of God. And ego will say, run, be very afraid. But Holy Spirit says, no, walk through it with me and I'll show you it's not real. It's that experience of going through something not alone but with Holy Spirit that really gives me the experience of the unreality of fear. It, um, you know, fear needs something to hold it up. It needs a structure and a story around it 
And the more we believe in the story, the more real the story becomes in my experience as I made it. As I, if I make a frightening story, fear will sure support it. But I, I look beyond that. I walk through that with Holy Spirit. And it gives me, when I walk through it with Holy Spirit, it not only um, helps me to do it, it gives me the confidence and the courage to walk through it because I know I'm not alone. And, um, and ultimately, I always find out that the fear had no foundation. It, you know, it, the IRS was so helpful that day it, and, and so wonderful in helping me get through a situation. Um, and so I came out of the building realizing that the fear was never real. It was only the story I made up that held it in place. Um, so it's it's like <laughs> you trust God and, and move through it, you know, where you where you recognize it'll bring you peace, and you choose that, you know, because just beyond the fear of walking in that building was the peace of God waiting for me. So anyhow, your your share, uh, Karen, just um, brought that to mind. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you. Thank you, Lana. That was really beautiful. Loved it. Thank you. Oh, thank you.
Yeah, this story again. The other thing I love about these two lessons and the reading um, is that they describe uh, for me what it's like uh, to be awake. And I, I recall, um, oh dear, it was probably 25 years ago, I started to notice that there's a flow in the universe. I noticed it first when I was driving. <laughs> and at the time, I was kind of sick physically, and my brother was really sick. And I was doing a lot of traveling forth and back between my house and the hospital where my brother was. And when I was um, experiencing agitation or anxiety, fear, um, uncertainty, it seemed as if the traffic responded to my feelings. <laughs> the traffic on the street, you know, driving. But when I was uh, centered in my mission, you know, uh, what I was about, what I was doing, um, I recognized as well. And it seemed as though the traffic responded to my peace. And uh, it's sick for in the hospital one time. So I did that trip uh, many days in a row and played with that idea in my mind. And it was wonderful to notice that um, peace extends from me effortlessly when my mind and heart are centered. And the same is true of anxiety and agitation, that that extends from me into my experience in the same way with disturbance in the flow. And so it was wonderful to um, recognize the importance, the real importance of keeping my mind at peace. You know, in the section of the Manual for Teachers, he talks about his healing certain. And he says, I have no fear about that. The outcome is always guaranteed. And when healing's offered, healing will be received when it's acceptable without fear. But that's not your concern, Lori. Your concern is to let the Holy Spirit do what the Holy Spirit does by holding the light. You just hold the light and everything else is done effortlessly. That's what I call flow. And um, to be in the flow, uh, you guys describe it so well. Um, and it's so recognizable, you know. Uh, we do it every morning when we call on this call. It's like we just step through our doorway into flow. And, and flow happens without any effort. And what's needed is received. And, and uh, this wonderful exchange that happens, he describes it in the manual as healing certain. He says, given by God to God, who can fail in this exchange? You know, my part is just to find the flow and to stay with the flow. And recognize that everything else happens as a consequence flow. Um, when I'm doing my part, the universe is so responsible. I can't remember if it was on this call or something earlier. I think 
someone here said that very thing. That, um, thoughts ripple throughout consciousness all the time. And the outcome of feeling is guaranteed. No one can fail. And the atonement will be complete because Christ stands at the end in case any of us fail. Um, but the joy, you know, it's just all these people teach you the difference between pain and joy. The joy is discovering where I can love. Where can I give something? Where do um, I have an opportunity to let Holy Spirit extend through me and recognize that it's that extension that makes me happy and keeps me awake? I'm complete. Thank you, Lori. I think your phone may be doing that switching thing. <laughs> it's interesting to hear your speech come through quickly in little bits. <laughs> oh, I was spotty. I'm sorry. Darn it. No, it's, it's fine. <laughs> it's all there. I think it was just all there. It's just the call for listening. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it can be very frustrating, can it, Darn. Well, yeah, so I still say it's all good. Um, I know we're we're past the usual time to stop the call. Um, <sighs> and I think you know this morning. <laughs> I got up several times in the night and uh, finally did get up and stay up and started to prepare for the call. And then as the call approached, I realized I was in the wrong chapter. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) But so I, you know, I thought, you know, recently... been thinking, how do I, what do I bring to close this call? And I think, I think this this bit from uh, from chapter eleven is helpful because if we're, you know, if if salvation is my only function and the way to salvation is to release everything I think, then you know what what goes in its place, right? And so it's, this is paragraph. Two, or wait, three, excuse me, tiny number, uh, from chapter 11, which says, there is but one interpretation. I mean, because what we need to release are our interpretations. So this is the one interpretation to replace the egoic interpretations with. It says, there is but one interpretation of all motivation that makes any sense. And because it is the Holy Spirit's judgment, it requires no effort at all on your part. Every loving thought is true. Everything else is an appeal for healing and help. 
That is what it is, regardless of the form it takes. Can anyone be justified in responding with anger or fear? I added here. To a plea for help? No response can be appropriate except the willingness to give it, healing and help, to him. For this and only this is what he is asking for. Offer him anything else and you are assuming the right to attack his reality by interpreting it as you see fit. One interpretation. Every loving thought is true and everything else is an appeal for healing and health. That is what it all is, regardless of the form it takes. This is the extension. The extension is asked about to take the place of our projection. I'm complete. Lori, do you have a... That was... Oh, that was a perfect point. Thank you, Lemoyne. That was a perfect closing. Thank you very much. Thank you, everyone. Have a good day. Mm-hmm. Thanks for being here, Lana. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Lana. Thank you, everyone. A beautiful call.